On today's episode, we're going to talk about employee engagement. We're going to talk about how to give back to your community and most importantly, tequila. Let's go. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Blind Entrepreneur, I am your host, Jonathan Grisbowski, and today we are on episode 65. Today I have with me Gaurav Bhattacharya. He's 25 years of age. He's the co-founder of Involvesoft, which is a SaaS platform that helps employees in a company get engaged with their community. Gaurav, how are you today, my friend? I am doing wonderful. I'm joining you from Santa Monica today. Beautiful day out here, 75 degrees, cannot complain. Just having a roller coaster ride as an entrepreneur as always. Nice, good stuff, man, good stuff. So we're going to start off every interview the same way that we always do. So, and it, and it starts with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the worst day of your life. Your head is in the sand, you're down, your, your head is in the sand, you're down in the dumps. So what is that one piece of food that's going to lift your spirits higher? I would say not food. I would say tequila. Nice. <laughs> we have this tradition going. Um, we, we drink when we're happy and we drink when we're sad. Uh, and I have, I, have, I have a couple of uh, uh, people tequila, and they taught me this. Uh, and and we, I, I didn't. I didn't. I would. I would sulk and I would cry and I would get upset. And not talk to people before. And then they introduced me, bro. It's life. You have a shot of tequila and on to the next. You move on. So that's what I do. Like, and as entrepreneurs, we have worst days almost like every once or twice every week, <laughs> right? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. So we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into that uh, shortly. But but without further ado, we need the audience to understand a little bit about more about who you are as a person. So without further ado, tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what is your story? Perfect. So um, I'll start from the very beginning. I was born in a really humble family coming from right outside a small town in New Delhi. Uh, lost my dad to cancer when I was two years old. Mom at that time was a blue collar worker. Uh, she was trying to find gigs and she would sell utensils door to door to make ends meet. Me and my brother got into selling things. So I'm saying, I'll say I'm a salesman. I started selling small things like pens and pencils door to door. Um, Homeschool for many years. I fell into a really cool program that Microsoft had. They would send their engineers to teach kids in the community. And I picked up coding like that. I started learning from the best, started coding in C, C++, PHP, um, got a few projects that made me some money. And I realized that I should study this more and I went to high school. So I first actually started school in high school, 11th grade. Met my first co-founder and CTO, Samia. She's amazing. She was doing a coding project and we started working together and we did our first company which was called ITI, ITI, that means the beginning. We made a software for radiologists, did that. So I was 17 at the time and she was 18, did that for three years, uh, really successful. We had 24 employees at the time. We had a successful small exit. Um, and at this time, actually, the software is mandated by law in India. So the company that bought it sold it to the government and every radiologist has to use it. So uh, this work was successful. I came here. I uh, was really arrogant in India. There's this famous saying that uh, people say that this is not rocket science and they always say this. So 
uh, I wanted to study rocket science and just uh, for this one day do so that I can say, you know what, this is not rocket science and I know because I'm a rocket scientist. And I actually pursued it. So I went to Cal State Long Beach. I did aerospace and astronautics engineering for about four years. And this is what I'm doing right now. Nice. Well, good stuff, man. That's a really interesting story. Um, before we get into the actual grit of the story itself, um, briefly yeah. tell us about what your company does. Sure. So it's an employee engagement platform. We focus on the millennials in the company. We get every employee engaged to giving back in the community. Uh, so there's a sense of purpose that usually millennials demand and employees demand these days, which you cannot get from usually working your day-to-day -day job with silos. So we've made a simple platform, a really beautiful solution, almost like Netflix, that you can find tons of opportunity and things to do around in the community with your team. So for example, as a black woman in leadership, I can go and volunteer and give my time to non a nonprofit that is helping uh, black women be get educated. Uh, and that is very grat gratifying because it also helps diversity and inclusion in the company. Engineers at a company like Qualcomm can go and teach women in science, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and teach them coding. Uh, Salesforce sales engineers can go and help install Salesforce at nonprofits. So really cool events which are specialized and focused on what teams are really good at or they are really passionate about and they can go as teams and basically make a difference at the same time help build team morale and camaraderie in a company. So why why is all this so important to you? You know, you're, you're a guy... Um, you know, so to speak, you're, you're an immigrant that's coming over here to, into a foreign country, and yet you want yeah. to give back to the community. So why, why is it so important? It is really important. And, and j just speaking of the uh, times the U.S. is in right now, and the whole world is in right now, I think it's a really important time for all of us to come together. And, and what we've seen is we, we didn't even start with this. We started with a really simple solution a few months back. And the solution was, it's gonna be a simple platform where corporate leaders like social responsibility developers uh, or, or managers, directors, can manage their corporate giving programs on the software to make it simple, like tra tracking and just make it simple. And what we saw was making it into a SaaS solution, a beautiful product, we saw different employees from different age groups getting involved with each other. So I did a project with our, one of our customers called Empire in based in San Diego. And we saw that everybody, like 95% of the employees came out, but then they were speaking with the older people in the company, which are 60s to 65, people who are black, people who are Asian, people who are women, people who are maybe gay or lesbians. And that was wonderful because they were coming together to give back to whatever they're passionate about. But that's really strong because now you get all these different biases aside and you're working with someone you probably wouldn't be ever talking to even in a company. Um, and that kind of is a really good feeling because to be passionate about something. So I lost my dad to cancer. I'm really passionate about it. To be passionate about giving back to cancer, I could be Indian or I could be African-American, I could be Latino, I could be white, I could be a guy who likes, who's gay, or I could be anybody, which is awesome. And I thought that this is, this is, this is why we were so excited to do this, because we get people from all over and all different, uh, and it, it's not important, because at the end of the day, 
people want to give back and make a difference. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's awesome, man. Well, I mean, congratulations thus far. Um, I, I really want to hear more about your upbringing, you know, coming, living, I, I guess, being raised by a, a single parent for the most part. Um, do you feel as if your parenting was uh, the foundation to the ideas and the thought process that you have today? Absolutely. I would say 100% yes, because uh, of two reasons I, I, I saw... Uh, number one, my mom was really, she worked her ass off at all, all times. She was doing three jobs just to put food on the table. Uh, number one was she always taught me to be respectful of anybody else. And uh, and as a child growing up, I was really, uh, uh, what, what is the term, but I, I was really rebellious to the status quo. And, and I would always feel that it's unfair that rich people are rich or uh, these people have all these cars and be doing and, and and not even that going beyond that she just taught me how to be really respectful of everybody else around you uh, that everyone's coexisting and you need to be really patient and really empathize with everybody no matter who it is even Donald Trump <laughs> right and then um, the, the second thing was I, I saw that as a single parent and as a, as a single mom uh, coming from a really underprivileged background or coming from uh, a third world country like India there's so many people who look down and you make life really hard for you, which is really stupid, <laughs> but that is the reality. And that kind of wanted me to uh, sh- just pave the way for me to change things and, and make a difference. Very cool. Now you, you mentioned that uh, you met your co-founder at the age of what, 16, 17 years old. Yeah. So I uh, started working on a project at 15, uh, close project. So I'll, yeah, and then at 17, we officially started, we registered our company, and my co-founder, Samia, she was 18 at the time. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, I mean, now, what, seven, eight-ish years later, you know, yeah. how, what are some ways that you guys are nurturing that relationship? Uh, what are some ways that, you know, that 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 relationship is still a relationship today, you know, for the most part, you know, seven, seven years, uh, of, of, of being a business partner, going through yeah. exits, growing a business, having the struggles. <laughs> I mean, how are you guys able to be successful and still yeah. be able to want to talk to each other? That's, um, that's, that's really awesome because the, the last time when, uh, we, we went away like, and, and, you know, from our team and from my co-founder, I told her this, or she actually told me this, that she would never start a company with me again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like who wants to start with a company with you, the next the next company with you? And we walked away and we were like, fuck you and <laughs> whatever. Like that was our attitude because it is hard working with uh, like your co-founder because you need, you, and that's what I tell everybody. If you're married, you probably would be spending 90% more time with your co-founder than with your spouse or your child or <laughs> whoever it is, which is so true. Uh, but, but when we came back with this, she had her own motivations and she wanted to change things, uh, with whatever was going around. And so did we, so we had the same vision, uh, and we got back together and we worked really well with each other. So if you see us, we're always like either making fun of each other, shouting at each other because we know each other so well, uh, going through these years of like friendship and, and, uh, knowing everything about her and she knowing everything about me, which is really important. I feel that we, we can be really candid with each other and never, be upset about it because we know that we care a lot for each other and, and we have the same goals and we have the same vision and we're going to 
work 20 hours a day every day uh, to make this a success. So that is really important. I think that's the number one thing you should one should have with the, their co-founders is that amount of same amount of trust, and you should know that person for a long time. I would say, um, yeah. Good stuff. Well, you know, speaking to that, um, I'm sure that you guys have had several struggles in the process <laughs> of both of your businesses. What were some initial struggles that you had in the beginning of your career? Oh, actually, no. Let, let's rephrase that. What yeah. are some What are some struggles that you had in this particular business that you they have now? Awesome. So, uh, number one, I think the biggest struggle is my first company was uh, a mission focused company, and and we were lucky that we didn't have to raise any money for it. Uh, we got some really good initial clients, and that was that was really good. Uh, the the struggle for any mission focused startup these days is everybody, or especially investors, want you to be uh, a nonprofit. They don't want to invest in a company that also wants to give back. So these models where Patagonia or Tom Shoes or even Pepsi, you know, or companies like that, which are now wanting to give back is looked, still looked down upon because, so one of the biggest challenges that we had when we were conceptualizing this idea is, uh, we made a pack that we will never charge nonprofits. So you could always call us like the Robin Hood, like we serve the companies, but we provide service in nonprofits, which is absolutely free of cost. Um, and we don't also charge the employees anything. So the companies pay us. Uh, so one of the biggest struggles was to convince these uh, VCs and angels that we were meeting, and we and still are, was we can make a business that gives back to the community is really good and important and can change the world, but also give you a 10x or a 20 or 50x return that you're looking for in your investments. So that was, I think, the biggest problem uh, that I had. So you're saying that that's still a consistent failure. I mean, how are you overcoming that obstacle? I think it's also uh, trends are changing. So we just have to find kind of the right people. And, we, uh, you know, we have a VC who is really good. They're, they're called Mucker Capital. And we're their first uh, portfolio that is a mission-focused startup. But people are understand this now. I, I think it's just a matter of, like, convincing them, showing them the numbers that makes sense for them, but also at the same time, uh, touching to their soft side and touching their emotional card. Because a lot of these VCs have have daughters now, and 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 you know maybe their their kids could be uh, and they're coming up with a lot of issues that are that could be happening at home that other people in their family could be experiencing that that they really they are passionate about. And and I think that's that's important. That's important to do. It's more an emotional sell, I would say. Mm explain that explain on that like what what is your definition of an emotional cell sure so i'll i'll take, i'll give you an example um so i'm an immigrant but everybody in my team even though they're not immigrants they're us citizens uh they are bi are bilingual we we care a lot about diversity uh so everybody in my company is bilingual all 10 people and even we have four people work, work from india and they're bilingual too uh so so we, that, i think that's really important and that's that's kind of the people or vcs we find uh, are okay so vcs who are say bilingual or um my my best sales guy paul he's amazing he lost his dad to cancer so did i so we connect on an emotional level and i, I would say that kind of emotional tie is uh, is, is really important because a lot of the angels who are helping us out right now were people who are really passionate about some cause. Um, either they, they had kids who were dyslexic or they, their parents who died of uh, a mental disease or, they, or cancer and they want to give 
back and they they really want to make a difference and they, they know that one of charities and giving just a few dollars to a nonprofit may not help in the long run and they want to invest rather than amount in a business that can impact millions of lives than just like a small small thing in their community yeah I love it yeah that's 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 great and, and I think emotional selling and and just emotional, just g giving that information is so important nowadays that a lot of people neglect. So I appreciate your uh, definition. Um, sticking with the same theme with uh, struggles in business, what has been your biggest failure thus far? <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I think the biggest failure would be when I was 15 years old, I had this. I had some money by that time, so I was really lucky that I had some savings. My mom was really big on savings, so she would make us work, like she would make us do child labor, but and but never let us spend anything. So we were like those people who were like slaving when we were kids, trying to do like odd jobs, like cleaning people's windows or going door to door or selling things. But she would take all the money, like she would not, she would not let us spend. And and when we were younger, she would not even tell us that it is she's saving it for us. Like she never told that. So when I was, I think around 15 years old, uh, I got a really nice surprise from her that she, she said, you know, I have been saving and here's your bank account and here's my brother's bank account and, and this is your money. Right. And, and, uh, you know, it's with all these percentage of savings. So I was really excited. I said, mom, this is amazing. I want to go to school and I, you know, I want to study and make, make you real proud and all that bullshit, but I didn't. So when, when I got that money, I, I, I started a business. I, I went with my friends. We opened a restaurant. Um, and it was a cool influx. Which is like the worst thing to do, by the way, because like 99.999% of restaurants fail. So I got it. I'm excited to get the rest. <laughs> yeah, so we started a restaurant and we were like, we had this new revolutionary idea that we would, and probably you would you'd see it in Philadelphia everywhere now, but in India, we ha used to have Indian restaurants, but they were, they were never like fast casual. So they were always sit down restaurants. So I wanted to do something like a Chipotle for Indian restaurants, and we, I spent all my money there. It was close to, uh, it was I think it was like close to forty thousand dollars. But it, it meant a lot in Indian currency. Forty thousand dollars is that like you can live five years really well. So forty thousand dollars here would be close to say two fifty k, two fifty thousand dollars or something like that. So that was pretty big for for me. I I put put everything in, and it only took me and all my partners, uh, six months to lose everything. Sorry. Yeah. So six months to lose uh, it all. Yeah. And then, and then what you just, what, what did you do after that? I, I got, I got super depressed. <laughs> I cried I for, imagine. for days. I cried for days. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Uh, and, and, and I think it was, it was just, it was just really hard. It was, uh, a, a, but I think I, it was good to go through this failure really early on, uh, cause, uh, it's, it's always, it's always a really good feeling to have big failures early. Especially <laughs> but, at 15, but it was, it, yeah. I mean, I feel like you got your failure out of the way, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was a really hard time. It's almost like going through your, that first breakup, uh, but like maybe like 10 X worse because now. Uh, you, I disappointed a lot of people. Uh, I disappointed my brother, my family, and then all my partners. And, and then I was really upset to like, because uh, <laughs> I'd never seen that big of failure. Uh, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm wiser now. Like you go through these failures and you're like, yeah, you know, the life never stops. And there's always, always bigger things ahead. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I love your mindset and I love the energy. Uh, to, to everybody who is listening now, um, we actually, before we got on the call, you, you introduced me to your entire team. Um, and you also introduced me to the beautiful uh, view and weather of Santa Monica. Um, so with that in mind, what is your management style like? And where did you learn it from? And are there any key takeaways that people can uh, you know, learn from you, uh, you know, on the podcast today? Sure, absolutely. So uh, we do things really differently here and, and probably like a lot of other startups. I, I'm a big fan of flat organizations where there's nobody managing anybody. Uh, everyone is kind of their own own manager and they have their own tasks and uh, and they work really collaboratively. So that's that's what I'm biggest fan of and I've seen the biggest results come out of that. Uh, I, I do learning but i try to ask them for feedback of what would they like to change what would they like to learn and how can this job or this help them achieve their goals which is really important because everything is a stepping stone for everybody i don't want to keep anyone for life uh but i when, when they're here i want them this to be like a stepping stone for whatever their goals are and most of the people who work here want to start their own businesses so they're le learning everything about sales product business development um how to deal with stupid investors or or how to get money you know, whatever it is, right, whatever startup holds for you so that they can ultimately one day go ahead and become awesome CEOs and, and start their own company. So I think that is a really good way to do it rather than doing it uh, a quarterly or annual once once a year uh, report with them and things like that. I, that's worked really well for me in the past and it, it still does. Everybody, I treat everybody like a friend and then they're all their own managers and they all have the power to change things. Mm. Now, with that in mind, uh, and, and I think that's a great way to do business. Uh, I'd say very like-minded in that in that regard. Um, but you said most of all of your employees kind of want to have their own thing. They want to start their own business. They want to they want to do something. So, how does that make you feel, knowing that six months, a year's time, an employee yeah. that was like your core could just get up and yeah. go? So that's that's a really good question. That's a really good. And what ends up happening is Jonathan, and and this I've seen this in my previous business too. A lot of people won't actually leave because they trust you more now, and then they enjoy it more here, and they kind of feel like more and more part of as if it's their own company. Because I believe in equity, they they all have healthy equities too. But at the same time, now they feel that they can change things there. And if and I'm I, at the same time, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs. Uh, in the in this regard, is whenever we interview people, the biggest thing we want to ask them is what is are their goals in life? And it has to be far greater, or almost as if it's unachievable. It's almost as if like when Elon hires. Right. He, he asked people, he asked people like, would you like to go to the moon one day or would you like to go to Mars one day? And that's what he, he started when he was recruiting for SpaceX. And the goal shouldn't be that come work for SpaceX or come work for Apple or come work for Involsoft, but maybe be able to change the world in, in their own little way. And whenever that is, people would work really, really hard or and smart because the goals are much bigger than what they do here. Uh, 
and and that reflects in the work they do every day. So definitely like a lot of people, like I, I have worked for big companies too for a little bit. I was a product manager for a big company. And this is a very scary feeling for a lot of managers is, oh my God, they're going to leave. They go to Intel or IBM and whatever. And I train them and I put all this effort in. But I think that's the better way to do it because um, you want to empower them ultimately. Good stuff. Love it. And you mentioned that you had an awesome sales guy. So I have to at least ask the question, you know, what has made you guys successful sure. in the sense of marketing? How are you guys marketing yourself? How are you guys, uh, you know, what are some key takeaways that people can, uh, you know, hear from you that has worked well for sales? Sure, absolutely. So uh, for marketing, the biggest thing that we do is we uh, do a lot of organic marketing. So we try to use our current clients to talk whenever they go to parties where they're like many people come. We ask them, can you please tell this and this guy more about us or it's it's really word of mouth and organic i think that's really important and if people are willing to do that that just shows that the product is good and and we're we're really serving them well um the the second thing for, for sales i think what works the best which people don't do these days is we we always, we already talked about emotional selling but it's personalization and i'm sure like if you wake up in the morning you probably have 10 emails where you can clearly make out that it's like a a spam email that got sent to like hundreds of people the personal like only personalized thing is hi first name <laughs> i would say hi jonathan Right. I saw this and this and then I want to sell you. That's the really, really bad approach. And I feel that personalization and just understanding everyone, every every company's, every person's personal desires and what they what their goals are, if the product is a good fit, has helped us a lot, lot more. Um, and, and hopefully I can keep keep doing this and never have to send spammy emails to a lot. A lot of people at once. That's the worst. It's like the worst feeling ever sending, receiving uh, spam emails, and then like, you know, sending spam emails are even are even worse. Um, we're gonna we're gonna switch up the conversation a little bit and talk a little bit more about you. Yeah. I mean, we have a really good understanding of who you are as a business professional. But um, before I begin, I have to tell you a quick story. Um, when I got asked Please. this question, I was um, I didn't know how to answer it, and so. Uh, I decided to add it into the podcast because I'd like to hear your response. It's a very basic question, very easy question. However, um, you know, hopefully you can answer it better than I, I could. So, so what do you do for fun? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a really good question. I, <laughs> um, all right, so... So, so I'll tell you, I, I think I'm the kind of guy who can never take business away because this is my life and I have nothing outside of this, like literally nothing. Like I had a girlfriend before she dumped me because I wasn't spending time with her and she was pissed off, <laughs> right? Uh, so literally this is like the core of everything I do. And then I've tried different things. Like sometimes you feel burnt out and you feel like really stressed and you want to take a day off and my off but that is even more stressful for me because I feel oh my god what's happening with the business like, I don't know what's going on so what I what I really do is what we do here is we always take time off and we as so uh, I take everybody and there's an arcade place here and we always go there have sangrias and play arcade games or we go to the beach and do like beach volleyball or 
we actually like, a team telling me that, oh, we organize all these volunteering events for uh, these companies, but why don't we go and volunteer? So that's a really good way. We've started volunteering a lot. So we do one or two activities every month where we go as a team and give back. So I think that is the only fun I have. And that's pretty good because I think if I do some like other things, um, I would I would not be happy or I would not be having as much fun. Mm. So to recap, just because you, you broke up a little bit, um, just because of the connection, okay. but you you do fun things such as activities with your team, uh, you go to the arcade, um, but you always find a way to bring business alongside with you, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, can, I can confidently say that I'm very similar in that aspect, you know, business is, is life. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I it's integration exactly like integration yes. now. well do you ever think that you'll have like do you feel as if you have like a work-life balance right now and if so and if not well actually yeah do you have do you feel like you have a work-life balance no no not at all and i don't are you okay no. with that do you do you plan on having a work-life balance yeah so so one of my really good mentors is Satya Nadella he's an Indian guy uh, CEO of Microsoft and sometimes I get to meet him and we, we have coffee together so so the last time I was uh, talking to him and, and then some other VPs at Microsoft because uh, we were doing a beta with them so we we're talking about uh, work-life balance and there's this new term which they say work-life integration so so which is more key I feel now like going forward you everybody spends at least minimum a minimum of eight hours every day at their work which is like the longest stretch of anything that they're doing in like the 24 hours besides sleeping i don't think even like you sleep like eight hours nowadays like together at once or something like that so there's a new term which means work-life integration that how do you integrate your life around work and how do you integrate your work around your life uh which which makes a little sense which which we completely do where when we have fun it is mostly would say like it is still like the people you work with or you pe people you hang out with and you try to get your friends into your business so that your friends are always there you're having fun and you the people you trust but at the same time you work with them too so i think that is key like think about it like when you go to work and say, if you had all your college buddies and if you would see like all the people you are friends with, like you actually like those people, then you'd like staying there more and you'd like working more and chilling out with them more. And that's kind of what, what is what we're creating here is more work-life integration. I don't think I can have a balance. Like I stuck at it. Yeah, no, I, I'm working on it too. Um, but I like the integration part because that's a different word. You know, I feel like work-life balance is a overpopulated word that people are just constantly saying it's like a buzzword it's like the word entrepreneurship so to speak you know um, but, <laughs> but work-life balance and work-life integration I feel like it's just a more positive spin and, and it makes more sense to me so yeah. so when it comes down to uh, I want to talk about some efficiencies so you know being how much you work and, and how hard you work um, but what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day that's a really good point. So uh, I, I would talk about tools here. I feel there are some really cool tools. That was my next I, question. I, so if, if tools helped you become more efficient, let's hear about it. Absolutely. So I feel that tools are really important. Like I, I'm a big fan of Slack and I'm a big fan of Asana. So I'll start with tools. I, I, I rely on tools and people. So Tools are really important because Slack, like I, I, I'm wherever I am, even if I'm on the plane, I'm going to San Francisco or New York City or 
uh, or if I'm on the train or bus and car, there's always like some stuff happening going on in the company and I can stay on top of it. So, so I never have to have those really big intervals of catching up, which sucks. It's almost as if like when you come into the work and you have a corporate job, right? You come into work and then you see 180 emails. That's really bad for productivity because now you have to go through each update, understand what's going on and reply to like 80 people, which is not really important. And then Asana is a really good tool. I absolutely love it. Asana is actually a Hindi word. It means simple um, and it's simplifying your life because you always like stay on top of your tasks and you can prioritize them. And literally like I'm a big fan of like the new Apple CEO. Like what he says is like if you have 10 things to do, like just to figure out the top one, two, and three things and just throw the seven things out of the window. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, don't do it. It's not important. Like, if it's, if you find excuses to not do it, then it's probably not important at all and you just let it go. Yeah. So, so that tools are really good. And then people are really important because for efficiency, what you can do is you can involve other people in your decision making. So what happens is you're not the bottleneck ever. And that, that's what my guys do. Like if there's a marketing decision to be made, they'll involve sales, they'll involve product. Because what will happen is they are, are slow in thinking and if they get busy with other things, there's always like think, continuous things moving forward. So does that answer your question? Oh, no, it's great. Um, Asana, Slack, they're very common um, tools that people use. So it's good to reiterate and hear how other people are using them and integrating them into their life. Um, yeah. You know, I'd say the last main question uh, is the Blind Entrepreneur was created to help individuals who may be temporarily blind in business and cannot see the obvious. They may be stuck in a particular place internally and they just don't know how to get out of it. So um, what three pieces of advice would you give to a fellow entrepreneur who may be temporarily blind? Awesome. Uh, so I'll give three examples, right? So, or three, right? So number one would be perseverance or persistence. That is the most important, really, because nobody knows the future. I'm not an astrologer and nobody is. So you really don't know how close you are to success until you keep trying. And there's going to be days where life sucks and you're losing your key clients or nobody's buying your product or uh, the investors hate you or your wife is leaving you, right? And, and people go through that in entrepreneurship but literally perseverance is the key, the most important thing it's almost like when water keeps crashing against a rock and paves its own way and probably takes a thousand of years but it keeps going that's the biggest thing hustle is really important and perseverance like you have to keep going i think that's number one um number two is it's so much work that you almost get caught in doing the same work again and again so so you have to be do smart work more than you can do hard work. Uh, and this is really uh, old story, which talks about like this guy who cuts trees and the first day he works like eight hours and he cuts 15 trees. The second day he cuts, he works 10 hours and he, he can only cut 10 trees. And the third day he works even harder and he, he works 14 hours, but he can only cut five trees because he's cutting trees, but he's not sharpening his ax. Uh, so you always have to slow down and, and look back and sharpen your ax to it. Uh, the number third thing is every time you wake up in the morning, I always think about, am I having fun doing this? Because a lot of times it sucks. Like, am I learning something and am I having fun? I think having fun is probably the biggest important thing uh, at it because life is too short. Like if you don't have fun running your business, if it's something that you're not passionate about, probably it's not, you shouldn't do it. So you have to keep reminding yourself, am I, if I'm doing this, is it fun for me? Is it fun for my team? If it's not, then don't do it. Good stuff. Love it. Love all of it. So 
you know, without further ado, uh, Grav, you, you successfully completed the podcast. Uh, so congratulations awesome. to you, sir. Uh, the next 30 seconds is all yours. How can people contact you? How can people reach out to you? How can they become a client? How can they be a part of your mission? The floor is yours. Awesome. I love that. So uh, please, I, I, I love hearing feedback. So I would love if you guys can go to www.com i-n-b-o-l-b-e-s-o-f-t involvesoft.com and give me feedback on the product uh, if you guys are looking for like demos or things like that there's you know you can chat with us there uh, you can tell us cool things we, if, if there's a non-profit we can collaborate with you uh, I'm at Gaurav at involvesoft.com so my first name at involvesoft.com tell me what's your experience as an entrepreneur I would love to hear that if you have ideas for starting up a business if you need connections I'm all there for you. I want to help because I got help. I wouldn't have been here uh, if people wouldn't have helped me. So, so, so that's about it. Reach out to me. For as long as it took me to fully understand and pronounce, pronunciate your name, the conversation was well worth it, my friend. So I do, okay. I do appreciate your time and you know all the best to you. Uh, guys, whoever's still listening right now, uh, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more information. And until next time, my friends, have a good day.